Walker is the founding CEO and chief medical officer of Kumba Health since 2008. As seen on Essence Magazine, Time Inc. TV, Psychology Today, iHeartRadio, Grow with Google, Young Boss Brand, Goldman Sachs, Top 10,000 Small Business Entrepreneur, etc., Sacred is honored to fulfill her purpose and her ministry outside of the pulpit and from the pews, and fulfill her calling each day as a healer and survivor. Sacred graduated top of her class with a Master's of Divinity from Union Theological Seminary with a specialization in holistic psychology and liberation theology, researching the power of healing women in holistic ways. In addition, she has a double master's in drama therapy and accomplished that double master's under the guidance of acclaimed Dr. Cornel West. She went on to advanced training in wellness and mind-body medicine from the Ayurvedic Medical College in South India. She's a recent Senator's Proclamation recipient. Acknowledged for her commitment in transforming the health and wellness of people born at birth as Black women locally and worldwide. She has known and has a deep respect for the inspirational teaching of Pastor Lynn for decades. She is also a daughter of the Unity Fellowship Church movement. Her mentors also include the Real Beatitude Bishop, Zachary Jones, Dr. Kyung of the United Nations, Dr. Lenora Falani as a Radical Falani Fellow, etc. Sacred is no stranger to life altering experiences. In her spare time to heal herself and others, she's a healing artist. She turned pain, her pain, to the story and healing arts. With the support of a mom who placed her in several leadership programs to support her resiliency, and that legacy continues. Her creative writing and dance performances include gracing the stage of Alvin Ailey World Dance Festival, Wild Cafe, Second Stage Theater, etc. As an interfaith minister, master's level mental health practitioner and orator. Her and her Kumba Health team and her Instagram ministry at Ask Sacred aim to transform the lives of leaders moving through life change moments towards success one life at a time. With all of this said, she truly believes she has barely scratched the surface of learning and saying yes to her calling. Today at Sacred Fellowship Church, we welcome Sacred Walker to honor us for Women's History Month. Title, God is in the setback and in the breakthrough, breaking through in 2022. Bible verse, Song of Songs, 2-1, verse five to seven, quote, all that you touch, you change. All that you change, changes you. The only lasting truth is change. God is change, Earthseed, by the late Octavia Butler. And without further ado, we welcome Sacred Walker. Thank you, thank you so much for having me today. It was wonderful joining in person and now being able to join virtually. It is an honor to be here in honor of this dynamic ministry. You know, hearing that bio out loud, it doesn't quite sound like me because I know God has not been done cooking me yet. So I pray today God may pour through me as a humble vessel who said yes and never turned back. And I feel so honored to be here today in honor of Pastor Reverend Dr. Um, Lynn Sexton, who has been a pioneer for me, and it's been an honor to see her founding Sacred Fellowship Church and the dynamic work that she has done with her ministry. First and foremost, I'm giving honor to God, God who is the head of my life. I'm giving honor to Sacred Fellowship Church, Pastor Dr. Lynn Sexton, the pastoral team, Pastor Dr. Sexton, Reverend Fay, Reverend Curtis, Reverend Holder, Reverend Heath Toby, Minister Chapman, and Minister Pilgrim here in Accent. Ministers in training, administrator, trustees, deacons, ushers, and the entire Sacred Fellowship family. 
Happy Women's Month, Grand Rising, and good morning. How's everybody doing? You with me? All right, all right. So let's take a moment to call into our mind the ancestors. I want you to call into your mind right now someone who has passed on that is related to you or someone who you want to just honor in this moment because you are the answer to the ancestors' prayers. Take a moment now of silence to call them into their mind for 30 seconds starting now. Thank you, thank you. Ashe, ashe, ashe. I myself want to call in my mom, giving honor to our ancestors and my mom, Mavis McIntosh, early childhood education teacher and believer in the power of love. In particular, who not only taught me the gift of a dream, but the gift of sticking to your dreams and honoring women's committee leaders who thought it wise to put together this powerful Women's Month series during Lent, the time of letting go, recommitment to Christ's teachings and resurrections, the first day of spring when things are being reborn all over, moving through COVID, following Black History Month, and in honor of celebrating the power of women and the divine feminine in us all, et cetera, et cetera. This is truly a powerful time. So the theme, breaking through in 2022. Today I was speaking on God being in the setback, and God being in the breakthrough as we break through in 2022. This is a Yoruba proverb, and I'm going to say it loosely. Ile obatoho iwa lobusi. Ile obatoho iwa lobusi. The king's palace that was burnt added to the beauty of the palace. Now, some would say that this is saying every cloud has silver lining, but I want to ask who here has ever gotten burnt? Who has ever gotten burnt by life? burnt by a moment, burnt by a person. What this is calling is, even in the moment when you feel burnt, God is seeing the beauty, the beauty in us. Who here knows that God is in the ointment and the beauty found in the burn? God is in the setback. Who here ever went through a setback and wondered where was God? And is God in the breakthrough in 2022? Whoever went through a breakthrough, but it was hard to just enjoy it, wait for the shoe to drop on the other side or worrying yourself about the next thing before enjoying the goodness of the last or fearing failure or success. Something good happens and one wonders, is this good going to last? I and many people that I serve and I look forward to serving ask themselves the same question. So you are not alone. And there is, but God. I ask myself the question, Often, God is, are you in the setback? When I was going through a family breakdown, I wondered where was God? I asked myself that question, but God, if it's all right, since I'm here with family and those are tuning in, I'm gonna ask that those who are joining on Zoom and those who are joining in person, we're family now. I'm gonna get a little personal, personal if that's all right. Okay, all right. So I, I was in my early twenties a couple decades ago I called my mom several times that morning and no one picked up. I decided to just go to the sixth floor apartment building in Crown Heights where I grew up to get to the bottom of things. I took the elevator up to the sixth floor. And when I got to the knock of the door, I, I knocked on it. My sister, my only sister, age six, who lived there in that you know, tiny one bedroom apartment um, that had broken hearts and you know, at the same time, many fulfilled dreams. Today, it felt different though. My sister was there, my mom was there, um, but something in my spirit felt like I needed to prepare myself. So as I walked to the front door, 
I knocked and my sister opened it on the first knock. My sister opened, not my mom. Relief and worry filled her little chocolate face and, and I opened it further and um, she immediately clapped into my arms. I pulled her close and I saw her eyes beaming and over the shoulder, I saw my mom glaring, all right? Glaring um, in an angry way. Her face looked not quite herself. Now, I wanna be clear, my mom is the kind of mom who starched her house clothes. She sang songs to uplift my spirit for Christmas as my present, right? My mom, who was poor but never poor on faith, she knew more of the words to every Michael Jackson song than I ever had. You know, she felt like she was gone. She was there, but that bright light was fading and she didn't quite look like herself. Said, hey, hey mom, it's me. My mom replied, your sister is in school right now and I forgot to pick her up. She speaks sharply in a tone that I wasn't aware of. As I held my only sister's hand, I put her behind me and I kept hearing, but God. As I held her hand, I affirmed, no tea. Tea is right here, mom. Are you stressed? You don't seem like yourself, what's going on? Then she said the words that would break my heart and set me all the way back. <sighs> Bear with me all, it's, it's, a, it's a tough story to share. She replied, no, that's not T, that's a robot. That must be a robot too, and you aren't my daughter. Where is my daughter? I pulled T close behind me and I just thought, if I can hold her behind my 24 year old body, I would be like a windshield in the, in the summertime, in this hot summer of Jamaica. I'd be like a windshield protecting the gnats and mosquitoes from chipping away at her innocence. In that instant, I became sister, mother, daughter. Like a child, I went to my mom, pulled my mom and daughter to bed, reassuring and encouraging her to rest, encouraging her to find peace in her mind, but I didn't realize her mind was so riddled with self-criticism internal conflict and terror, fear of the unknown, of these robots who thought the two of her daughters had become, or that is what her mind was telling her. So now let's take a minute to look at change because this was a huge change for me. This is a huge change. This is a, a change I didn't expect. I'd never experienced that before. This was before I had a deeper understanding. So I just thought, let me leave and see if I can at least change the circumstances for my sister and then figure out what I would do to help change my mom, my mom's circumstances. Now, Webster's definition of change, replace something with something else, especially something of the same kind that is newer or better, substitute one for the other, all right? This past two years for many have felt like a holding pattern of change, losses, changes, injustices, insights. And for myself included, I had to navigate change successfully for a living. I was helping other people navigate change successfully for a living. So helping to face fears was a part of what I did every day, but in my humanness, I was still afraid and yet God was ever speaking. So, you know, I wanna take a step back for a moment, world's eye view before we go in, before we go back into that moment in the home on the sixth floor. When we see wars in our world and we wonder how we can help, like what can I do about what's happening in the world? What can I do about what's happening you know, when I see bombs getting dropped or when I feel like a bomb has dropped in my life and my, and my world has changed. We should first start with making peace with the wars in our minds, right? In our homes, in our hearts. This is the first time I truly understood a mind at war. This is the first time I understood the extreme impacts of mental illness. This is before I studied psychology, 
chaplaincy, medicine, healing arts. There was this pivotal moment that really shaped me. This was the first time I understood the extreme impact of mental illness. The mom I knew was dying and she was my best friend. So something in me now was dying too. So you might see yourself somewhere in this story. Maybe you had some change in your life and your world may have gone through some kind of change. And that yet I hear Psalm 23. The Bible um, says, and this is the New International Version. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his, her, their namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. God is in charge of our set up and our set back. God is in charge of our set up and our set back. My head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. God is in charge of our set up and set back. Who here knows a part of us can die even when we're living? And in those hard times, we need to put God to pull us back to who, who we, we are or maybe who we thought we were. I mean, sometimes we don't even know who we are anymore on the other side of a setback, which is why I'm so committed to change and transformation, to be that voice, that mirror that says, this light that says, on the other side of a life quake, who am I? God is in charge of our setback and set up for a comeback, right? When you reach out knowing that someone is there on the other side to hold a light to you, to say, come, a hand to say, come, we are here, which is why now I say, come, we are here and train others, you know, who can work with me, under me, in alignment, side by side with me, to be the counselor, the executive coach, and the therapist that you, I, we deserve. God is in charge of our setback and comeback, touching the center of our sorrow and using that folding pattern to set up your gifts. Yes, she was in the hospital, but sometimes what may feel like a stuck moment may be an opportunity for a shift. So I want to talk first about what happened, right? What happened on the other side of her feeling like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. So, you know, on the other side of that, I had to call on God. I pulled in the door and the shiro in me that survived physical and sexual abuse fought hard to not lose my innocence by my dad was not about to lose my mom too, but for now I had to get my sister to safety. I had to face my truth. Point one, God reminds us that we are as close to him like a child or a lover, comforting, healing, transformation. The right response is to be patient with ourselves through the setback. Although feeling like a death, I was actually in the midst of my own kind of resurrection. So once again, just remembering God is in our setback and our setup for a comeback, right? God was in our setback and our setup for a comeback. The next day, my mom checked herself into the ER. Remember when I said, even though she's in the hospital, that was what happened. She literally drove for one hour down the street from her best friend's house to a mental health hospital to seek help amidst a mind at war. God was behind that wheel, but God. I had a family member at Unity Fellowship Church, my church home at the time, Auntie Reverend Nora Ann who watched my sister, right? 
She was a godsend. Who knows that God can send angels right when you feel like you are alone? I stood tall, different, clear, because now I had to, as she watched my sister, go down the halls of these white walls to see my mom. Knowing that I almost lost her was one of the biggest adult decisions I had to make of how I can be a part of or shero of helping to save her. I had to become a mother to my mom. And in that moment, I felt motherless. Even though, but God, right? My lip quivered. And as if facing a thesis exam and not feeling like it's as if my mom was now my parent and I was her parent, I became a caretaker. And the white coat said, ma'am, have a seat, sign here. Will you make sure she takes her medication? She must be medication adherent. Take her meds to be discharged and release, but God. Now remember, I remember that this is the same woman who would starch her house clothes, sang songs to lift my spirit for Christmas, and we wore the words to every Michael Jackson song that I ever could. Now who was in a backless gown, assigned a case number around her wrist, being treated only like that around her wrist, a number. Who knows God sometimes will show up when we thought that we had nothing left. Through her pain, she smiled. She smiled. And for a moment, I saw her, my mom, not just the pain. I didn't mistake her for the pain, I saw her. Ooh, okay. Yes, I will take the medicine. And in that moment, when she said, yes, I will take the, the medicine, right? I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, hold on. My mom's still here. Ask her. She is not just a number on her wrist. Ask her. And in that moment when she said, yes, I will take the medicine, I had a, we had a ain't I a woman moment through the pain, through the hurt, it is not weak to admit that you need help. It is damaging to see that you need help and say no to God's offer of assistance to help your hurt and pain. Because if you stay in the pain, the pain will only linger. In my woman's inner voice, I looked over at my mom, looked back at her, and I saw her, not her illness. And when I said, she is right there, she is sick but not gone, she is not forgotten, she will have to take it, so please speak up to her. The white coats froze when they heard her say, yes, I will take my medicine. And my mom looked at me and smiled and I trusted her. I trusted her because prayer works alongside medicine. Who knows that prayer works alongside medicine? But God, but God. The real Beatitude Bishop would oftentimes say, there were 66 books of the Bible and your story is a 67th book. So today we are rewriting our 67th book so we can turn it into a breakthrough. Turn to your neighbor or inward to yourself and say, neighbor, I am rewriting my 67th book and it's not finished yet. My mom knew it. My mom knew that she was rewriting her 67th book and she wasn't finished yet. When she got discharged and went on to balance a life of illness, chronic illness, and graduated top of her class, a master's in early childhood education, became a director of her own business. But God, but God, she balanced both, but God. And then because I saw patterns that I started taking on within my own self, I became committed to transforming chronic pain and pain in our lives and pain in our world into power, into unearthing your purpose 
and aligning your gifts so that your health can be taken care of, as well as making sure that you were seen and honoring your worth in the world, that you saw your worth and you love upon you, so you had a life that you loved. But God, I went on to build on her legacy, and now I'm writing mine, right? Honoring her voice and our story. Now, here, here's, here's where we go, right? Was where we go with where we start and stop our story. Because I'm committed to helping people to rewrite their story in many literally and figurative ways. If all I saw was my role as a caretaker, my pain of feeling like at times as a daughter, I was a daughter of a mentally ill mom or an abusive father, I would miss the sweet moments we had together. The moments where she would read to me words on the wall that you would put up of posters of empowering children so I can hear my voice, of songs that we had of her singing to me, Grace, Love of All, or of lying next to her and curling up and watching movies, head to head, shoulder to shoulder, watching comedies on the other side of a deep conversation. But God, the kindness, the joy, the lover of butterflies that she was, the gentle powerhouse. She, saw, she taught me that gentleness can be strength. If I didn't focus, if I focus only on the things that weren't working, I would lose all the beauty and joy in an amazing, resilient life that we had. But God, God rest your soul. Today, I pulled from the 67th book, her 67th book, my 67th book, and also the 67th book of a science fiction writer called Earthseed, Octavia Butler, right? Octavia Butler is a science fiction writer. Earthseed is her book. And I'm going to pull from that today because I feel like she builds on that story of how do we use what we are given to transform it. Octavia Butler, she was a Black lesbian, right? Masculine of center presenting cis woman who could never be fully out of the time, who believed in change, where she was writing about change. But she was seeing things change in her writing, even when she wasn't able to be out herself, wasn't able to embody that change. She is the writer of Earthseed and many other books in her trilogies. As a Black lesbian pioneer, she was an American science fiction author and the multiple recipient of the Hugo and Nubella Awards. And in 95, she became the first sci-fi writer to receive the MacArthur Fellowship. She was able to write God into stories about finding sanity and being able to survive. Some people call it sci-fi, I call it prophecy, honestly. She writes, all that you touch, you change. All that you change, changes you. The only lasting truth is change. God is change, as wind, as water, as fire, as life. God is both creative and destructive, demanding and yielding, sculpture and clay. God is infinite potential. God is change. All right. When you come out as a Black or LGBT or trans man, a trans woman, queer, gender non-conforming person, lesbian, gay, bisexual, you embody her change. Who here knows the pain of being in the closet, then the power of remembering that only clothes belongs in them? And coming out, womb pains, birthing pains, rebirthing ourselves anew. Who here knows that God is in the midst of the change, 
both the setback and the breakthrough in 2022. This is why I work with pain and power. My mama didn't have to drive herself to that ER. When I was stress shopping and drinking away my pain during that time, I didn't have to call the hotline for support. I didn't have to reach for a life jacket in a sea of life jackets. I always say, don't drown in the sea of life jackets. If you have support, reach, reach out, but God, reach out for your counselor, executive therapist, coach, spiritual leader, or if you're with us at Kumba Health, you'll have a combination of all of that in your support. Reach out. When my money and my sanity was running low because I was numbing my pain, but God, those who invest in their transformation is powerful when you say yes to that inner, but God on the other side of a major life change or life quick. Now, here's the trick. Do not be fooled by the voice inside that will mistake the pain in the change for God. Do not mistake the pain for God. Holding on to what God is trying to remove from your life, that toxic stress, that pain, that harm that is no longer serving you. If that is what is causing you pain, that'll only make it harder when it lingers, when we stay lingering in the setback, not trusting that there's a setup for a comeback coming. Do not be fooled by the legacy of hate that seeps into the pores of our minds that has us thinking we are not pretty enough, light-skinned enough, white enough, smart enough, skinny enough, cut enough, etc., to break through into 2022. When we couldn't get away from our minds in quarantine, ain't I a woman can apply across gender because feeling the fear and letting God transform us, transform our life amidst the breakdown and the breakthrough is change and God is change. You know, even biblically, you see struggles of self-acceptance, especially as people of color feeling deserving of the positive change coming our way, having hope after a setback. Yet, when we struggle, God writes us a love poem. Instead of scolding us the way we do to ourselves, God gives us a life jacket in the storm of our thoughts. I don't know if I'm preaching here to myself today, but as a Jamaican Black femme woman, I can be my own biggest critic. Did I do enough for her that day? Could I have prevented that? Did I protect my sister enough? Am I being a strong enough Black woman but God? God sees a world trying to break us down and does not want us hating on the way that the world is, does not want us hating ourselves, hating one another. God is up in the Bible writing Black women as underdogs love letters. Love letters. When the world is projecting hate, onto black and brown bodies. When the world is projecting hate onto allies, it stand hand in hand and say, no, not today. No, you will not harm. God is writing us love stories despite the hate that has been misinterpreted in the Bible. God is writing love. Song of Songs 2 verse, Song of Songs 2, 1 verse 5 to 17 writes, how right they are to adore you, dark Am I yet lovely, daughters of Jerusalem, dark, like the tents of Kedar, like the tent curtains of Solomon. Do not stare at me because I am dark, because I am darkened by the sun. My mother's sons were angry with me and made me take care of the vineyards. My own vineyard I had to neglect. My own vineyard I had to neglect trying to take care 
of yours, putting others first. Don't do that. It says, it continues, tell me you whom I love where you graze your flock, where you rest your sheep at midday. Why should I be like a veiled woman besides the flock of your friends? If I do not know most beautiful of women, follow the tracks of your sheep and graze your young goats. By the tents of the shepherds, I liken you to my darling, to a mare among Pharaoh's chariot horses. That means you're like a prize. Your cheeks are beautiful with earrings. Your necks and strings, your necks with strings of jewels. We will make your earrings of gold, studded with silver. While the king was at his table, my perfume spread its fragrance. My beloved is to me a sachet of myrrh resting between my breasts. My beloved is to me a cluster of henna blossoms from the vineyards of En Shaddai. How beautiful you are, my darling. Oh, how beautiful. Your eyes are like doves. How handsome you are, my beloved. Oh, how charming and our bed is verdant. The beams of our house, our sadars, our rafters, our furs. Oh, God is loving all somebody this morning. Hello, right? The love and sacred sensuality versus the hate when we can have right relationship, healthy intimacy. God tells us, this tells us, God will love on us even when we do not love on ourselves. Why? Why do you not love on you, oh beautiful, dark, handsome one? Tell your neighbor, tell yourself, self, neighbor, I'm rewriting my 67 book and I am not finished yet. God is in charge of our breakthrough, y'all. My community and clients ask, where is the God in the breakthrough of 2022? Or at times where it can be hard to enjoy a breakthrough, wait for the shoe to drop or worry, or worrying about the next thing. You don't have that feeling like you're enjoying something that you can't quite enjoy because you're concerned that the next thing is gonna happen, that's gonna mess it up, right? That, that might be a thought. Or fearing, not failure, fearing success. Oh my goodness, when I do this, what will be the responsibility that will come? But God. I had a friend and a client reach out to me through Instagram who struggled a year ago where, you know, he was feeling like he was having a life quick moment. Something has happened inside where he was not feeling like he was finished yet, but he was concerned. He was one of the few black men on the team, on the medical team. He had high stress, high expectations. He was meeting with dozens of clients every day, dozens of patients. And he was giving out uh, medicine, but would oftentimes find that he didn't have enough time to just be with people. And then people oftentimes question his intelligence. He was one of the only black male doctors. No one tells you that sometimes when you you know, break the glass ceiling, how the shadows will, will break you. When they tell you that, oh, you must actually be something else. You must be the nurse. You must be the phlebotomist, right? Nothing wrong with being a nurse. Nothing wrong with being phlebotomist. I love and respect those team members when I've worked and done triage and worked in teams and been able to make decisions as a team. Every person's voice matters. But in this instant, his role was the doctor. His intelligence was questioned and one day, in the midst of living in the South, okay, in the midst of living in where he was in Virginia, he found that he was experiencing a pain one day that I will not re-traumatize by telling you what it was, but God. And today, after applying the emotional tools, the worksheets, 
the consistent practices, feeling accountable, and being able to receive the psycho spiritual and clinical tools from myself and from our Kumba Health team. Today, after working together, he has applied those tools. He owns his own home. He has a zest for life. And he's not mistaken for who the doctor is because his name is on the front door because he opened his own practice. He is finding that the issues that he was having before with pain that he was having in his groin and his body and his knees have begun to reduce. He's finding more joy in life. He is finding life that he loves versus wanting to take his life from the planet. Had he not embraced his setback as a comeback when they fired him initially and said, no, no, you can't be here anymore. You are not keeping up with the pace. Had he been stuck in that place and said, I'm not good enough, I am not worthy and not reached out and gotten the support he needed, we might've missed the opportunity for another powerhouse to make an impact in the world. Now the world is richer for him. Had I not gone through some of my own life experiences, stayed in that place of feeling not good enough to say yes to my calling, not started Kumba Health 2008 to touch the lives of leaders through change so that they can thrive. If I stayed in that I am not enough of a daughter place versus embracing the light of God, if I'm not enough as a leader, enough as a person, enough as a human being, enough as an LGBT human, I would not be in a place to see this person, see him, see his voice, support him, hold him through his pain, see his gentleness and his strength as a black man in the world. I had to put on my own life vest, like they say, when you fly before I put on someone else's, I had to do the work within so I can show up to those who show up ready for transformation. Because I had to see a little bit of his story, I can see it in mine. And so we had to be with that. Be with the ways that sometimes we can be comfortable in the pain when we're looking at rewriting our 67th book and how it can be just as hard to let go as it can be to hold on, but God. Which brings me to my next point. When we reclaim our inner peace, we remember God because anxiety can rob us of our insight from God. What does that mean, sacred? When we are moving so quickly, our mind is racing, it's turbulent, there's peacelessness, sleeplessness, stress eating that's causing our body to have a hard time to digest our thoughts and our food. We don't have enough space to hear the whisper of God. We're not moving in a space that we can hear the whisper of God, which is why I'm so fortunate that I studied, took time to really understand the benefit of mindfulness-based stress reduction, the benefit of taking time to reduce your stress, bringing in mindfulness so you can change your life. When we reclaim our inner peace, we remember God because anxiety can rob us of our insight. You know who else is writing their 67th book who no longer wanted her anxiety to rob her of her insight? The survivor, Toni Morrison. Chloe Angle Wilfred Morrison, known as Toni Morrison, was an African-American novelist and her first novelist, Wolf Bluest Eye, was published in 1970. She talks through what it means to find insight in the breakthrough, inside and out, right? And her words are timeless. She calls in, taking care of our mind, our body, and our spirit, unleashing those cultural shackles in the midst of the setback and the breakthrough. She says, in this here flesh, we flesh, flesh that dances on bare feet and grass. Love it, love it hard. Yonder, they do not love 
your flesh. Yonder meaning over there. They do not love your flesh. She says they despise it. They don't love your eyes. They just as soon pick them out. No more do they love the skin on your back. Yonder they flay it. What is flay? Flay is a term that was used when during enslavement, they would lash you with the lash and they would beat you in order to reinforce for you to know your place. And eventually you didn't need to get beat because it was in here. They would flay you, she says. And oh, my people, they do not love your hands. Those they only use, tie, bind, chop up and leave empty. Love your hands, love them. Right now, take a moment, love your hands, rub your hands together. She says, those, oh my people, they do not love your hands. Those they only use, tie, bind, chop them up and leave empty. Love your hands, love them. Raise them up and kiss them. Touch others with them. Pat them together, stroke them on your face because they don't love that either, right? And I say love someone, and touch them with permission. Take time to love on you and ask permission, especially if you had a moment where you didn't have permission. Permission wasn't granted. If you were touched unwillingly, love, love, love your hands. She says, you got to love it, you and no. They ain't in love with your mouth. Yonder out there, they will see it broken and break again. What you say out of it, they will not heed. What you scream from it, they do not hear. What you put in to nourish your body, they will snatch away and give you leavens instead. Leavens is the leaf behind. After they fed the pigs, after they fed the sloth, after they fed all of the animals, you got the scraps as an African person, an African indigenous person, an Afro-Caribbean person, a person of the diaspora. She says, love 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 our bodies no they do not love your mouth you've got to love it this is flesh i'm talking about here flesh that needs to be loved feet that need to rest and to dance backs that need support shoulders that need arms strong arms i'm telling you and oh my people out yonder hear me they do not love your neck unnoosed and straight i say noosing actually just recently became illegal Noosing just recently became illegal when you put a rope around someone's neck and you hang them from a tree so that everyone in the neighborhood and the community could publicly see that you were setting an example for someone who stepped out of line. Today we say, today she says, so love your neck. Put a hand on it, grace it, stroke it and hold it up. And all of your inside parts, but they just as soon slop for hogs. You've got to love them, the dark, the dark liver. Love it, love it, and the beat, beating heart. Love that too. More than eyes or feet, more than lungs that have yet to draw free air, more than your life-holding womb, your life-giving private parts. Hear me now, love your heart, for this is the prize. She says, this is the prize. You know, our strength in facing our fear versus numbing it, Breathing into our pain so we can enjoy our breakthrough is our prize. And in conclusion, point one, remember to face the truth that God reminds us that he, she, they are close to us like a child, a lover, even when we are feeling like a motherless child, even when we have to stand up like the mother, even when we feel like we are alone, we are in holding, holding in God. It is safe to be vulnerable there. Seen and like seen in Song of Songs. Speak life when others speak death over your life, like Psalm 23. I like to say hate is gonna hate and you gotta love you through the breakthrough as Toni Morrison and Octavia Butler calls forth. 
God is in the breakthrough and breakthrough to have God direct our breakthrough into 2022 into what is truly blessed. We're calling us to let go of what has come from the past, but we know sometimes that ain't easy. It's a process. It's a process because all have its form. For generations, we were undoing generations generations. So we're just healing. We're calling it a healing. God is in the setback and in the breakthrough in 2022. Mother, Father, God can do it for me. She or he, they will do it for you. And the right response is to be patient with ourselves through the setback. So when we reclaim our inner peace, we remember again, anxiety can rob us of hearing the voice of God. And when you feel like you can't do it alone, maybe it is a sign in the breakthrough that you don't have to. Remember to reach out to your therapist reach out to a minister, a reverend, a coach, reach out to someone here at Kumba Health International Coaching Institute, K-U-U-M-B-A Health International Coaching Institute, or just Google Sacred Walker and send a message, send an email, reach out so that we can be on the other side to hold you into your breakthrough so you can reimagine a life that you were born to. Know that you are never alone and let the God in me and in you uplift your breakthrough into 2022. We're rising like a phoenix, y'all. From the ashes, we're a resilient people. I am because you are. And together, we rise. Thank you. Thank you for being the answer to your ancestors' prayers. I look forward to being in touch. You can reach out, send a message, direct, subscribe to Unlocking Unstoppable Love, and continue to be the gift. So can you continue to be the gift? Ile Oba to Ho'iwalobusi, the king's palace that got burnt, added to the beauty of the palace. To God be the glory, Ashe Amen Thank you for joining. See you next time and happy Divine Feminine Night. Happy Easter.